0: the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Let's face it, the future is now. We're living in a connected cyber society, and we need to stop ignoring it or pretending that it's not affecting us. Join us as we explore how humanity arrived at this current state of digital reality and what it means to live amongst so much technology and data. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com.
2: Sean, we had some technical difficulties. <laughs>
3: There's always technology uh, getting Getting in the way of us using other technology.
2: Maybe we just rely too much on technology. Well, that's
3: possible, or uh, or maybe I just need to learn how to use technology. I don't know. Yeah, now,
2: go, today, go to go to technology
3: school. <laughs> go to technology school. Well, I, I think uh, there's a lot of different uh, fun ways I could take this, but I'm just going to get into it. This is a conversation that I've been looking forward to for for quite some time, and it's about. Creative ways to be creative and learn so you can be even more creative. And there's a university, and it's actually a collection of, of people involved with this, but a university looking to help drive innovation with technology and creativity with a business view in mind. And uh, it's with a good friend we've had on the show before professor Andrew Woodward and uh we have with him joining us uh Sonia mckay Colgill, and uh we're going to talk about the university of the future as I like to call it and as a proper name but we're going to get into that in a second so as we dig in uh so folks know who we're hearing from Sonia I'm going to turn to you first hopefully I pronounced your name correctly uh Tell us a bit about your role and uh, some of the things you're up to related to this project.
4: Yeah, Sean, sure. thanks for having um, having us on and this morning here and evening over there. Um, My name is Sonia Mackay-Colkill and you got it absolutely right, very few do, so give you props for that. Um, I'm Vice President of Engagement at uh, ECU in Perth in Australia and part of um, a really fantastic team who's leading on absolutely University of the Future and putting a city campus in the heart of Perth. Um, Really exciting project, about 10,000 students will be starting there in 2025 when we open, but we've got this runway where we get to um, imagine what that university of the future looks like, what happens when creativity and business and technology um, collide and, um, and what that means not only for the students who will learn in that environment and the courses that can be imagined there, but also for the people in the city who get to experience it in a really, um, in a really immersive way.
2: That sounds really cool. I already have a gazillion of uh, of questions in regards of how it will integrate with the city and how what makes it different. But first, a couple of words from Andrew. Even if you've been on the show with us a few times, maybe some of the new audience don't know who you are. So a little intro by yourself.
5: Sure. Well, thanks, guys. Good to be with you again. Uh, Andrew Woodward, the Executive Dean of Science here at ECU with Sonia uh, and also Acting Director of our Security Research Institute. So uh, my role is to Look after, shepherd, guide a whole range of uh, different disciplines, or the you know, the fundamental sciences, mathematics, chemistry, physics, through to uh, computer science and cybersecurity, which I know we've chatted about before. And uh, for us, there's some really interesting ideas and propositions around bringing computer science and applying that in the creative arts scene and seeing what we can do with it. So um, yeah, we're pretty excited about it.
2: Well, it sounds exciting. And, and my, my first, actually, question to get things uh, started is uh, there are main campus in many different cities in the world. Um, some, they may integrate with the city better than others. And uh, some may look a little bit at the, more of the future and other a little bit more of the past. I mean, coming from Europe and Italy, I guess we look a little bit more into <laughs> the past for for certain things. But I'm imagining these as being something very technological and creative and business oriented to be something that it's kind of a city in, in, in the city. And Sonia, am I picturing this right?
4: Yeah, look I think um absolutely Marco, you're you're picturing it right, but what I would really um really focus on is it's not just putting a university in a city which can sometimes be quite exclusive so you open a door and um, you go in and you close the door what we're putting in is something called the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts which is WAPA so that has acting music dance um, performance students and um, and we put on over 300 public performances each year so the community are invited to be part of that environment and that performance um anyway so it, it already lends itself in ways to the city that I don't know that just a you know a standard business school or, or a, a more traditional university does so our ground floor plane um, is going to invite the general public in to experience not just performance but I think education in immersive ways which is really um, going to be further further um, enabled by the digital sort of um, technology that we're going to put into that space it's really exciting.
3: Get into some of that uh, technology and, and maybe it's a, a mindset or maybe something even bigger than that that you're creating here. Where, where's the line between education and creativity and what the city gets from it and also what, what feeds back into the university from the city?
4: Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think it probably talks to to um, you know a bigger question that I think a lot of um, higher ed um, providers are asking, and that's what is the role of universities going forward? And um, you know, when online is an option, what's the what's the role of the physical space? How do how do students want to engage and what is meaningful? And. And also the extent to which, you know, we we need to have um, dynamic degrees and education on demand and and, and space and, and the relationships, as I said, I think students are going to want to have with their universities going forward is going to be fundamentally different. And it's our job to try and it's an exciting job and uh, is to try and uh, imagine what that university in the future is going to look like and create it, you know, with a very short timeframe when four years it'll be open.
5: If I could just uh, maybe jump in there and add, that in terms of where that line is, I think for us, so we're, ECU, we're, um, a big focus for us for our graduates is employability. And you talk about that line, Sean, and, and we're trying to blur that or even remove it by, and the city, you know, by, our lab, by fully integrating with our industry partners and government and being right there in the city allows us to effectively move out of the classroom or turn the classroom into an office and have our students basically learning on the job almost, almost like a university apprenticeship, so that they're spending their time in there uh, learning by working with a partner on, on projects and and having industry partners run classes where we do have classes. So that's, I think that's a really great unique opportunity that being in the city provides. Now,
3: does that mean that, that- businesses are defining or helping to define what they want their businesses to be and what technologies they need to have available to be that, <laughs> be those businesses, and then and have a role within the city as well as in the rest of the country? And does, it, does that help feed the curriculum or talk to me a little bit oh,
5: about that? Absolutely. So we have, um, and look, most universities do, but we have um, industry advisory boards for all of our degrees, all of our courses that meet pretty regularly, uh, and we have some pretty big partnerships and uh, a really big partnership that we will be allowed to talk about publicly soon, Sonia, I'm sure. Um, so for us, um, having that industry engagement is absolutely vital. There's no point us churning out graduates. The industry says, well, why did you Why did you spend three or four years teaching these students those things that are of no value to us? Uh, and we have a big program called Work Integrated Learning where students spend the last, um, full semester of their course actually embedded with an industry partner. But in, with City Campus, we're looking at taking that further and having it across their entire degree and not just sort of one chunk at the end of it.
2: So, Andrew, th- that's a great point. And I'm trying to envision, and this is a question for, for both of you, uh, when you envision something like this with technology that is always looking into the future, uh, experimenting, and and at the same time, you're mixing it with another area that is always experimenting, which is creativity, art or performance. Uh, I'd like to know from you how all of this comes together with the businesses that you just mentioned and what's the balance between innovation, even sometimes maybe extreme, like trying a trial and error to see what it works versus being concrete, in delivering something for the businesses and for the city itself?
4: Mark, I think it's really, um, it, it's a fascinating question that you ask and really important because I think sometimes when you talk about creativity, it can seem um, quite at the extreme end. But I think what we're finding is that a number of, uh, and Andrew can speak to this, but even when you're talking about data analysts and the data lakes that we're creating with all this information that that we can now capture, there's a a creative role in trying to turn that into visualisation that really connects with people, moves people, can, you know, can, um, you know, can come to life. And so there's creativity in what I think um, sometimes can be seen as quite hard sciences. And so it's not all performance on the stage. It's not all, um, you know, visual artists with canvases um, and creating that. I think there's there's this this line now um, that and this space in the middle that's quite exciting and um, being able to to have a phenomenal um, you know creative um, arts. And creative industries offering at this campus, as well as a really, really great technology offer. I think that that middle ground and where they come together is where we're finding with some of our industry partners. Um, you know, they they want um, they want their people to to also know how to express themselves, to be able to be creative in their in their thinking, to think outside of the box. Um, and I think when those disciplines come together, there's there's some really exciting opportunities there.
2: And and Andrew, can you give me your perspective? from the, the science and technology point of view? Because many people don't think about technology as binary, as numbers and formulas, but the truth is that a lot of technology innovation comes because somebody has a spark, an idea, and if you can cultivate those ideas, I think that's where the future lays.
5: Yeah, that, look, that's a, a great point. And, and as you said, uh, you know, binary and, and ultimately numbers and binary and science, and, and it's interesting because when you think about it, um, music at its core is just uh, mathematical progressions and numbers. And yet, you know, music is about, seems to be about the farthest thing that you can get from science. So the, the, the application of technology um, to the, in creativity, it allows us to look at what we do, turn it on its head. So, you know, for example, a first year, one of the hardest things to teach in any university anywhere with the generally the lowest success rate is a first year introductory programming unit. Generally, because you're teaching some pretty dry concepts, and usually it's you know the equivalent of the Hello World or, or something pretty dry oh. and, and pointless. Uh, th- so why not instead, and in, let, let's teach our first year programming unit in, in how to make music what, with Python. So let's let's not just teach programming for the sake of it. Let's have it with a creative goal in mind. Um, you know, for our, our students later on in their in their degree, it's it becomes less about the technical skills and more about the soft skills and the people skills, and that that is the thing that That industry have been telling us they're not saying we need more you know computer science cybersecurity graduates who are more pointy and technical we actually need them to be soft around the edges we need them to be able to think outside the box we need them to be able to communicate and talk to people and get those ideas across
3: and i'm wondering um maybe sonia you can can, uh field this one Uh, i'm wondering a lot of times when, when you start to talk or connect business to innovation it's it's innovate at all costs generally speaking right get go for the buck go for the money and i'm wondering where the the soft edges come here in terms of how the university and, and this city is being designed for change and also sustainability um so that it It's not because some of the words in the description are are bold, right? That you want to be a bold university within the city. How how do you how do you be bold and and forward looking and creative with business in mind, yet also maintain ethics and sustainability? Mm -hmm.
4: Look, I think um, for our university, that the heart of who we are is is about you know inclusivity and access and enablement. So we would we would make sure that that was the the foundation stones <clears throat> of whatever we were um, imagining there. And I think as you push um, you know further forward and 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 we explore what we think is great space, um, and you are right, you know, there is definitely um, opportunities for um entrepreneurialism and and um and innovation um at the core we will definitely be promoting connection um and access and 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 a better a better city a better community and more connection um and i think that's got to form the basis of 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 our ethos and our programs and it's who we are Intrinsically, anyway, so um, it's a really great question, and I think it's one of those values based ones um, that I'm pretty confident that we'll crack.
5: If I could just uh, maybe add a, a point in there, um, one of the things that's so our all of our campuses are situated on um, so tr- traditional owners. So the uh, Wajak Noongar people is um, the area where our city campuses and and the city campus will be located on and that's a, a huge part of what we're doing and that that cultural inclusion in terms of the building design and and how it's laid out and how it looks and feels and we have an aboriginal elder richard wally who's uh, guiding that so we have an entire working group on ensuring that um, that cultural element is captured and reflected in the building
3: i love it and uh, i'm wondering how much technology is being used to help Build this and i don't know if, how much you can share about uh the, the planning and the, the, i know it's multiple maybe maybe sonia you can even touch on this Who, who's involved in this it's the partnership of three three entities maybe t- t- touch on that a bit but how is technology being used is innovation being used to innovate and, and actually create this city
4: yeah well look i, I think i'm um, one of the things that w- we were talking about earlier is that this is something called or part of or been been um, made it possible through something called the Perth City Deal and the City Deals is something our federal government has uh, has been focusing on across the country to really bring vibrancy, activation and population into the, the city centres um, across the country. And so um, a city deal works with um, three layers of government, so our federal government, state government and then the local government and, and ECU. So there is actually four partners um, in this deal, and obviously the motivations um, of each are, are slightly different. Um, but you know, from from our perspective, um, we feel really um, fortunate to have been able to to partner with with government to deliver this. But then I think now we're we're sort of evolving that now to look at who our industry partners um, will be, our technology partners, and um, I can't uh, announce anything um, yet, but fairly significant multinationals have, have really tapped in and understood what we're trying to create and want to partner with us in in imagining how we have, as I said, this really immersive, digitally informed and enabled environment, but at its focus um, very much still about that, that human experience and expression.
5: As well, I guess, um, you know, to go specifically to, um, to the practical aspect, I suppose, of your question, Sean, is that That We're using, you know, 3D fly-throughs, computer-aided design, and in terms of the building itself, we can actually sort of physically be in there. But also, um, when we're designing spaces, we're designing them to be as flexible as possible. At this point, we're not even talking about what sort of teaching and learning technology will go into them, because that's really the last thing that we'll do so that we can take advantage of, of where that's headed in three, four years' time. So we're sort of thinking a bit forward in terms of, okay, we think this is the direction the technology is going and what we might be able to do with it. So we're going to wait for that and really then see what we can, how we can apply it and what we can do differently in in the classroom at that point.
3: Uh, those are great examples. And uh, I'm wondering, just, just thinking about the designing things, I remember years and years ago, it's decades now, uh, when, when i was building software and testing software we had huge labs of multiple racks of machines and and clearly the buildings that the company i was working for uh that the buildings they were seeking had to have space for those types of labs what other changes have you seen and do you foresee that are helping you define how you build the university and and, and its connection to the city
5: so Fortunately, with the, this um, thing you might have heard of called cloud, we're going to um, – I'm sorry, I'm being facetious. So we're going to really a lot of our – for example, in cybersecurity now, pretty much everything we do runs out of um, – uh, it's Azure or uh, AWS-based. So we, we have you know, entire uh, lab testing cyber scenarios built into uh, cloud computing. So we don't have to worry because we have a significant number of online students as well as our on-campus students. So we have to have that flexibility. And students being able to learn on demand, so the, the the city campus will be really no different from that. In that, um, we're thinking more around virtual reality. We're thinking more around uh, larger interactive displays. We're thinking around wearable technology. So there's all these sort of elements that are, some of which are, are obviously already here. But in terms of how and where we apply them in in the learning environment, I think is still being is still unfolding and still developing um particularly around the ARVR aspects which will be really interesting and i think you know it's it's a slowly evolving technology but in another 3 4 years time we're looking to see what ways we can implement things like that
2: so sonia we've been talking about what it is what the intention and and what the integration it is with society and the surrounding city I'd like to go back, maybe it should have been the first question, but what, what was the inspiration of all of this? When, when Who came up with the idea and how so many different entities, uh, it seems like pretty quickly actually agree on it. So what, what was the spark and the vision for creating this? <laughs>
4: Look, that's that's a fantastic question, and you're right. It was it has been really quick in in the scheme of something of this scale. Um, it did come together quite quickly, and it was opportunistic um, because, as I said, um, the the federal government did have this um, program called City Deals, which was about um, trying to you know, to, to activate cities, and we were sitting in a situation. We've got a, um, a suburban um, grasslands campus in Mount Lawley um, that houses WAPA, the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. Um, we were looking at potentially doing a fairly significant capital works program to upgrade those facilities and um, a combination of um, our vice-chancellor, myself, a, a number of, of, of really progressive thinkers challenged ourselves to say, you know, do we continue to invest in this site or do we think about um, WAPA as a Juilliard and would it be in a a suburban environment um, if you had the opportunity of putting it in the heart of your capital city? And I think that was the spark. Um, And once we thought about that, our Vice-Chancellor was very, very committed to not separating our creative industries offering from, the overall university environment and so we quickly evolved our discussion into saying look would we put an entire campus in the city and then what disciplines make really great sense to co-locate with the creative industries um, offering and that uh, that that evolved to our School of Business and Law um, being being located there, and also um, this this technology offering that's informed by business and um, and by creative industries, and 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 also the phenomenal program that Andrew's built over time in in cybersecurity, and um, you know how does it all come together? So it. It was 18 months ago um, that we first started having that conversation. 12 months ago, um, we were successfully announced as, um, as the university that would be going into the city, and now we have a phenomenal um, and, and an aggressive time frame to get that open by 2025. Um, it's no exciting. pressure.
2: No, yeah,
5: it no. Like about, it feels like we have three meetings a day that are around the city campus of the month. It's, it is—it's a very full-on schedule.
2: Well, let me let me add even more uh, more wood to the to the fire here because I, I can't think about something like that. And again, I started with this, like many city that the biggest university are at the core of the city. From you know, in Europe, in uh, here in the United States, uh, how. Is there already a conversation with other university around the world, and are you planning if there are no conversation yet? Because again, probably too much, thing, too many things to do there already. But the vision for a collaboration, maybe a, 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 an exchange a program with other students that can come and experience that, or maybe other university that can learn from what you guys are bringing uh, there. So, Just is there any the something?
3: You, no, you because I want to go there. How do you? How do you? Get I
2: want to go there. Yes, I want to go back to <laughs> you, school. You
5: guys know you have an open invite to come and I, visit anytime you want. Come I, on,
2: <laughs> Andrew. I have been keeping that card in my pocket for i don't know 3 years ago since when we met the yeah. first time and uh, yeah it's uh it's, it's it's happening as soon as i can it's happening but no I, I am excited and, and my question is because you know when i was a student in, in florence uh, my vision and my my dream was always to get in 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 relate you know in, in connect be connected and and have ex- exchange programs with other university around the world and learn something something new so being able to yeah. integrate with something like this. Uh, uh, yeah, Sean, I get excited. We're yeah. going.
5: I know. Excellent. So <laughs> um, it's a great question, and we do. We have um, we have a significant number of international um, partnerships with other universities, and there are a whole range of exchange programs across a whole range of degrees across the whole university where uh, we have a lot of students that come and study with us and our students reciprocate. The uh, biggest one we signed up recently is with another um, city-campus-type environment at the University of Portsmouth in the UK. And we have just recently signed off on a whole raft of joint degrees. So the students not only get to spend some time studying in another country, but they actually come out with two degrees at the end of it. So we, um, in our school, we have a couple of degrees. One of them is uh, a joint degree, and at our end, it's our Bachelor of Counterterrorism Security Intelligence. And the other end, um, the Portsmouth degree, is... Um, Counterterrorism, cybercrime, similar kind of thing. Uh, we've only just got to learn our books, and already we've got at our end like forty students signed up wanting to do it, um, which is quite interesting in the middle of a, a you know, a world pandemic. That there's pe- clearly students are keen to get out there and do it. So they do three years in their home country, and then go to the other country to another year, and they come back out of it with two full degrees, one two from two institutions, which is pretty pretty exciting kind of thing when you think about it for an extra year. Uh, we have we have a lot of our courses offered out through Southeast Asia and South Asia. So we have uh, a partnership in Dubai with Emirates Airlines where we have courses. We have uh, a campus in Sri Lanka where we have our courses delivered across business, technology, engineering. And we have partnerships in Singapore and uh, in Hong Kong where we also have our courses. And, and through those courses, students can um, come and study some part here with us in Perth or in our own country or even another country. So, yeah, look, that mobility... Um, before COVID was really starting to take off, um, with you know really global citizens as part of their
2: degree. Exciting, and I think I'd just
4: add to that, too, um, Marco. I think what what Andrew's just spoken about is is the the physicality. We also, with um, with the city campus, have we're very aware, particularly in the performing arts area, we've got these great things called MOUs with lots of fantastic institutions, but they tend to rely 100% on either the lecturer or student from that institution being in Australia or, or, or vice versa. What we're hoping, um, and again, you know, I'm not pointing to any technology specifically, but but what the intent is, is that we Really capitalize on what's happened through this pandemic, where we've seen composers getting together from all parts of the world and putting together some phenomenal things, um, you know, re- remotely. How do we how do we um, enable dance instruction from Juilliard into the performance training areas within Whopper in the city? Because you know, the, the digital environment allows and enables that. So um, I think it's going to be um, exciting to imagine a, a multimodal delivery of this connection, some of it digital, some of it enabled um, in person.
2: And you, you know what, Sean, I'm going to stop because I, I must make this comment because we always talk about what drives technology. And the, what, what Sonia just said about, you know, how this difficulty is brought out so much creativity in the way that we have kept communicating, creating. I mean, artists have been recording from their own home studios and then put everything together. I mean, there has been event, uh, even concert, just to talk about music that happened in in people's home and then all edited together. So the limit of technology, it's, it's, it's it's never there as long as we can use creativity. And uh, sorry,
3: Sean, I had to just say that. Well, no, it's, a, it's a very similar to the thought that I was having where, uh, and I'm going to add the, another piece to it. Uh, I think, Sonia, you mentioned School of Business and Law is there. You have the performing arts and all the technology. And, and certainly when we're looking at technology, it's easy to stay in the tech world and forget that there's a, these other parts of, of life. Uh, even if we're trying to build things for them. But having the students learning with each other and being around each other, uh, I think is incredible. Being a, a musician, one that loves tech and uh, stay away from the law, but certainly I like business. <laughs> 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 and so so bringing all those together, I mean, it, it's really super, super cool to me with, with a heavy focus on, on the design and creativity. And I want to I want to get your your thought as we wrap here, Sonia, and maybe Andrew has some thoughts on this as well. This certainly will be recognizable visually based on the the uh, I'm assuming their their uh, renderings of of what the university will look like, in the buildings and, and campus and things. Mm-hmm. Certainly recognizable from that standpoint. How else do you think this will be recognizable around the world as, as an example of what the future university? looks like
4: Look, I think you're absolutely right. The physical environment is going to be fantastic and what, what I talk about when um, we talk about that building is that we want it to be a living canvas and an expression of what is happening inside the building is, is you know, you experience it just by being in, in, in the environment. So imagine the media architecture and, the you know, the digital expression that just happens when you're proximate to it. But I think what well, I would hope um, people see is that what we're trying to crack is this understanding that people no longer and students whether it's it's a school leaver or it's a mature age um want to be defined in a stream so you know I'm probably showing my age here but you know that there was the lawyers and then there was the computer scientists and then there was the artists and you know you've been you picture camp and you your stream. But what we're seeing come out is that there is those definitions are blurring. So technology and digital enablement transcends across across any specific discipline. So how do how does technology um, become not a stream anymore, but informs across? And I would love to think that what we're doing is um, is is helping the artists become entrepreneurs. That we're it's helping the the scientists become. you know, technologists and creators within their own space, and I'd love to think that um, we bring to it the university space a, a really global um, university that has really meaningful connections um you know in in multiple locations
5: i'm I'm going to go back and and I guess set the set the scene from um, a, a draw you a picture. So the city campus sits. Uh, traditionally, Perth, um, the, there's a CBD, the business district, then there was a massive railway line separating it from the uh, entertainment arts precinct, which is just on the other side of the railway line. So the railway line's been sunk, but it's still kind of a disconnect. So the city campus sits right on top, in the middle of those, physically connecting them, and the, the central transit hub is underneath the city campus. And in fact, you exit through the city campus when you get off and the bus station. So anyone coming through there that's wanting to effectively, the city campus is literally a bridge connecting the entertainment arts precinct to the business district. And, and in effect, it is uh, a node reflecting that in that it is bringing together that, the arts part of the city with the business part of the city. And it's porous. So as Sonia said earlier, you you have to be part of it. when you walk through there, you will see the artists, the, you'll see the performers at work. As you go through there, and effectively, it is that entire synergy of all of those things coming together. That's
3: fantastic, and Andrew, I, I have to ask: so when you're walking from, or maybe from the arts to the business section, you pass a you pass a kiosk that your team is is running, and the building lights up red when your phone doesn't have the latest patch on it, right?
2: Is there a sock there? <laughs> <laughs>
3: There is, there is actually there is Marco. There is a sock
5: there, <laughs> so yes, of course, uh, Sean. That's a fantastic idea, and I'm going to the next <laughs> meeting we have, which I'm sure I have one today because there's one every day. We'll absolutely put that on the board.
2: Talking about connecting art and cybersecurity, you know, maybe maybe, maybe we do need that. Music. Maybe we need that. And I get I like I like bright red when you. When you don't use two FA or something, uh, <laughs> let's let's wrap this. There is a lot to talk about, but what really strikes me is how you're putting together this and integrating with the city. And Sean, as as we make start making plan and maybe our you know pack our bags to go there as soon as we can, I I, I like to outline one last thing, which is I'm looking at all the the courses and disciplines that are going to be there so we talked about business and law emerging technology uh the wa screen academy uh, broadcasting journalism performing arts creative industry but there is also one that is really important which is the center for indigenous australian education and research because as i often say you can't have future if you don't have the past and i love the fact that it's all connected together so um, I'm really looking forward to to learn more about this.
3: Well, that's welcome when technology serves as a culture, right? Yep. Well, not the other way around.
2: Yep. Exactly. That's that's the key of this conversation, I think.
3: I uh, Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you bringing this to our audience and, and sharing all the amazing work that you're doing. And we look forward to seeing this uh, come to life over the, the coming months uh, with the official launch uh, I guess in, in 2025 and uh, I guess Andrew, Mark, and I will have to pick pick the sock. Maybe we can hit both socks, I don't know, we'll definitely come and visit his, one of the socks. Yeah, look, you can come and visit the, the, the
5: sock at Joondal up first, uh, uh, as soon as we, you know, we can get you guys here and uh, you can get an idea, of, a bit of an idea of flavor for what the city's going to look like based on that.
2: Super That's... cool, super cool, well thank you so much. And for everybody listening, if you want to learn more about this, there will be, of course, uh, resources and links and notes on the no, um, on the podcast episode. So we invite you to uh, get inspired and uh, share with others as well. Thank
3: Fantastic. you, Sonia. Thank, Thank you,
4: you, Andrew.
1: Thanks, guys. Thank you. BugCrowd's award winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Black Cloak provides concierge cybersecurity protection to corporate executives and high-net-worth individuals to protect against hacking, reputational loss, financial loss, and the impacts of a corporate data breach. Learn more at blackcloak.io. We hope you enjoyed this episode.
0: If you learned something new and this podcast made you think